Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Welcome back. It is the last week of David Cronenberg. I'm Oliver Reed. I'm wearing a very short shop robe and full loafers. I'm going to have to find more Oliver Reed. Oliver movies. Reed. I just, oh, it's, I just like that uh, over-pronunciation. I get the, the neutral Midwest or whatever the word is. I get that. It's that like in a former life, I knew a lot of people from radio, and I understand that. It's that power transatlantic dialogue, right? But it's it's really overdone. It's very Winchester for mash. It's very Haley Mills. Okay, well, <laughs> here we are. We're at the here end. we are. The end of the month. Welcome, you guys. It's our life. last. David Cronenberg is one of only I think two other times that we've done five in a month. March? This is March. March. <laughs> what? Where am I? Where am what, I? What year is this? This is the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. That's Josh. I'm Cindy. <laughs> well, the, yeah. And uh, I have not been scared to death this month. I've, been, I've thought a lot. Cronenberg has made me think a lot. Uh, Videodrome fucked your sleep up pretty hard. Shivers did too. Yeah. Uh, scanners didn't, but I did enjoy scanners more than I thought I would. And I really liked the brood. And I didn't think I would either. And I like it more than just Oliver Reed. Uh, this week, what are we watching? Uh, we're going to go into Dead Ringers. We're going to go into the movie that Cronenberg made with all of the clout he had coming off of The Fly. So The Fly was... Now, we're not doing The Fly. We're not doing The Fly. We're going to hold on to that. Um, my fingers are crossed that we'll have a Jeff Goldblum month. But I obviously do not pick the movies. When did this one come out? This movie came out September 23rd, 1988. All right. So I was eight. I was eight years old. What's that? Second grade? Just had my adenoids out. Yeah. That's that. That's Cindy. What was going on? Let's see. 1988. I don't remember. You don't remember the year of 19... You don't remember Was that Tear Down This Wall? Is that... No. Yeah, that would have that would have been the end of Reagan. Uh, if this came out in September and November, George Bush Senior would be elected, one term dude, right? Yeah, yeah, because he, he was eighty eight to ninety two. So, <clears throat> nineteen eighty eight is known for a couple things. So it's the after eight years and one and a half billion people dead, the Iran Iraq War ends oh, in eighty eight. I didn't realize it had ended because we're still on it today. No, 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 the war between Iraq and Iran. We weren't in that. Um, but we kind of were. Because we um, may have sold somebody a few guns. The suspected Libyan terrorist bomb explodes on Pan Am jet over Lockerbie, oh, Scotland. Oh, shit, yes. Uh, killing all 259 on board. Was that Flight 103? Uh, I think so. Oh, wow. Yeah, that um, was bad. Australia celebrates its bicentennial. Yep. Um, crack first appears and is increasingly found in U.S. cities. Um, yeah. We're still not talking about AIDS, though. The English pound ceases to be legal tender. The Winter Olympics were held in Calgary. They didn't stay. Away. They didn't go with the Euro for very long, though. No. Did they? they? Okay, I, I'm just making sure because, like, they're, they're they pounded ended up being worth more than the Euro. Yeah. But they're both worth more than the dollar. <laughs> so now, and the U.S. entered the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty between us and the Soviet Union, which basically meant that it was between Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev, and it was signed in. Yeah, so this would have been... December of 87 took place, officially went yeah. in place in 88, and it mandated that the USSR and the United States eliminated all short-range and intermediate-range nuclear and conventional missiles. Yeah. 
So, so the this falling would've... of the Cold War yep. really jumps in 88. Mikhail Gorbachev was a pretty good dude. Uh, I'll not say the same thing about Ronald Reagan. I'll not say the same about Ronald Reagan. I'll not say the same about current leadership in uh, what was formerly USSR. Okay, so we're watching Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers. Who's in this movie? So, Dead Ringers clocks in. It's long for a Cronenberg movie. It's an hour and 56 minutes long. (laughs) Considering last week was like barely an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like it was about two hours. So, this movie is directed by David Cronenberg, and it's written by Cronenberg and Norman Snyder. Is this the first time he's had help writing a movie? That we've talked about, yeah. Okay. Uh, And it's based on a book by Barry Wood and um, Jesse Giesland, I think is how you say his name. Giesland or Geisland. Yeah, something like that. But this movie stars Jeremy Irons. Oh. Playing Beverly and Elliot Mantle. Wait, what? Yeah, he plays twins. There's And one's named Beverly? Yeah, there's double Jeremy Irons in this movie. This is my favorite Jeremy Irons. Does he play a man named Beverly or does he play a woman? He plays a man named Beverly. Oh. Uh, If you don't know who Jeremy Irons is, he was Scar in the Lion King. And he's the bad guy in Die Hard with a Vengeance, the third Die Hard movie. He's Alan Rickman's half-brother. You killed my half-brother. The best family ever. Can you imagine if that was real? Uh, This movie also stars uh, Jean-Vievre Bougeot, who you know her and loved her in Obsession. Oh, I did! She played the mom-daughter combo. Yes, I did. She's a little bit older. That movie I would like assume that was 78. Yeah. This is 88, so mm-hmm. 10 years. And then the rest of the characters, it's Heidi Van Pulaski. She plays Corey. Um, she came back to Cronenberg in a way because the Shoska sisters, who are sisters who direct horror movies, did a, a remake, I think, this year or last year of Rabid. I think it was last year. They remade Rabid, the second Cronenberg movie, and she's in it. This movie also has Stephen Lack, who was the lead in Scanners. Oh, the... Okay. The, <laughs> I thought you said there weren't going to be any more cardboard acting people. He's not in this movie a lot. Okay. He, plays, he looks like an ex-boyfriend of mine from high school, by yeah, the way. He was Cameron Vale in Scanners. He plays Anders Wallach in this movie. And this movie is the film debut... Of? of Jill and Jacqueline Hennessy, the girl from Law and Order. Mm, oh, the the yeah. blonde. No, she had the she was no. She had blackish brown. Hair. Maybe I'll know her when I see her. When you see her, I just I didn't know she was a twin. And she's a twin. Oh, you thought seeing she, them both yeah. together? I you was sh- like, what the fuck? It like threw me the first time I saw this movie. I was like, oh, because I'm so used to seeing her on Law and Order. Yeah, that it <laughs> threw me for a loop. It's like, uh, what's her face? Lindsay. When was married to James Cameron. Star of Terminator. Linda Hamilton? Linda Hamilton has a sister, twin sister Lindsay. I was like... No, well, that's... I, I know, personally, Lindsay... What's her last name? Linda Hamilton. Hamilton. Lin, oh, Lindsay Hamilton. She's not a Hamilton. She's married. She's a nurse up in uh, where, my hometown. Like, nice. And she looks... Like, there... I guess there's a scene... Guys, I've never seen the Terminator movies... There's a scene where, like, she's looking at herself, like an alternate reality, and that's her sister playing her. not an alternate... I don't know. I'll eventually watch it, but... I'm just, I'm letting you know that that is not play, (laughs) that is not Linda Hamilton playing herself. It's her identical twin sister. Yeah. So we talked before about the look of uh, Cronenberg movies. Mm -hmm. This is the first film he did with uh, his cinematographer from this movie Onward, Mm -hmm. Peter uh, Sushinsky. 
He would do Dead Ringers, Naked Lunch, and Butterfly Crash, Existence, History of Violence, Eastern Promises, and... I did love History of Violence. Uh, A Dangerous Method, Cosmopolis, and Maps to the Stars for Cronenberg. And he also shot Rocky Horror Picture Show, Empire mm. Strikes Back, and nice. Mars Attacks. Oh, wow. So he's cool. Yeah. So just a fun little fact that we switch up cinematographers and the guy who shot Rocky Horror Picture Show and Empire Strikes Back shot this movie. Nice. Uh, this movie is also, Cindy, in the Criterion Collection. It is. You were saying that there's an odd number of Criterion Collection. It is out of print. Criterion just released back in October, November, that Godzilla set was their thousandth release. It was that? Yeah. And that was the big Godzilla set. This was number 21. Mm. So before most of the Criterion Collection came out, they were like, dead ringers. <laughs> This this one has to be in there. This is weirdly like considered by a lot of critics to be the best, or at least in the conversation for best Canadian movie ever made. Not The Fly? The Fly is a, kind of American. Mm-hmm. It's made by a Canadian, but it's mostly American. It was okay. produced by James, or uh, James Brooks, God, um, <laughs> Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah, we talked, okay, we'll talk about that when we'll, we get to that. When we get to that, when we get to that. Uh, Entertainment Weekly ranked this as the 20th scariest movie ever made. Really? I don't think that's uh, true. Is that, So, okay. This movie's disturbing. I don't think it's super scary. Okay. Are we ready for a poster? Can I look at a poster? No. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. This is the uh, part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original printed poster for this movie. And I try to figure out the plot. It has never worked. Josh says we keep doing it because the plots I come up with are entertaining. What did I say for... Eventually you will get one. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I was kind of on the money. No, I wasn't. Never mind. Okay, so it's black and white. That's definitely... Okay. It's like three faces that merge, or two faces that merge look like one, two bodies, two minds, one soul. Yeah. Okay, so I think this is going to be about twins and one is evil and the other one can sense it you know what i mean like wonder twin powers i will show you um an alternate print a poster that i own uh that i'm I'm, the thing that i'm mailing away to have david cronenberg sign okay so that was a print sarah deck did the artist for this movie and it is beautiful it is disturbing were they it, they look like clansmen or old-timey surgeons. Like, you know when old-timey surgeons had, like, that hooded thing that they wore? So what are they? What's in his hand? Okay. They're... Okay. Maybe it's a story about conjoined twins, and one of them wants to do evil, and the other one doesn't? That would be a good movie. Maybe? No? I don't know. My, okay, my prediction is... You said this is going to be the one I'm going to like, right? I think you'll really like this movie. I could be wrong. This You could come out of the other side of this and be like, Fuck you. Oh, this movie fucked me up. No. But I think you'll like this movie. Okay. We'll see. It has not the same story. It has not the same story. But it has, um, it feels a little like Obsession at times. I did like Obsession. All right. So we can get this on the Criterion channel, the app. Uh, I don't think it's on Criterion Channel. Oh, is it not? Um, it's part of the collection, but it's not on the... Blu-ray. The, I don't think they ever did a Blu-ray. It was like a DVD. It's out of print. It's long ago, but out of print. So how can our fans watch um, it? Scream Factory did a release of this. Okay. Um, Probably maybe a Amazon? A year or two ago. 
You can rent it on Amazon. You can rent it on Amazon. I'm sure a Amazon. lot of people already have it. Or <laughs> If they're fans of well, us, they're probably fans of Cronenberg. I, I would say this is probably, not a lot of people have it, but there's a Blu-ray out there and it looks really nice. So, mm-hmm. All right. Well, join us, won't you? We're going to go watch David Cronenberg's Dead Ringer. Ringer, ringers. 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 Two bodies, one soul. Two bodies, one soul. I'm Oliver Reed. Man the doors. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Beverly Mantle. By every scientific measure, they are absolutely the same. They share everything. You haven't had any experience until I've had it too. Bev, you've got to try the movie star. She's unbelievable. Doctor, you've cured me. You mean to say there's two of them? They're twins, dear. I think we should drop her then. You drop her. I'm in love with her. Can't be love if it does this to you, can it? Doctor, I think there's something wrong with you. Patients are getting strange. What are they? They're working on mutant women. From David Cronenberg, who in The Fly made the fantastic real. Get him out of here! Radical technology was required. Something radical is definitely required. Now, David Cronenberg makes reality the ultimate fantasy. Dead Ringers. Separation can be a... I'm fucked up by this movie. This movie fucked me up. <laughs> this this movie did a number on me. Oh, hey guys, welcome back. I loved it. Oh wow! Welcome back to <laughs> Dead Ringers. Yes. A movie that is called Dead Ringers for a very funny reason. Why? So, I just thought, like, oh, they're dead ringers for each other. I think he called this, like, twins or identity. No, he called this movie Twins. And former producer, Mm -hmm. Ivan Reitman, was like, hey. (laughs) I got this movie. Can I buy that title off of you? And you could name it something else, like Dead Ringers. So, it's Ivan Reitman who suggested Dead Ringers because he bought the the title Twins. For his Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito joint. Exactly. So, there's a weird connection from that movie to this movie. That's kind of cool. Okay, so this... You didn't think we'd be talking about Arnold. I did not. We talked about Dead Ringers, but here we are. There's always a way. Okay, so this movie was about twin brothers who are geniuses and who are what we would call, we would identify now as under the autism spectrum disorder. They do not really have social lives and they're really entwined and they lead a V.C. Andrews level <laughs> life of weirdness where like they date one girl but she thinks that there's just one of them and like they go in and out of that and it, anyway so it's the, it's these twins descent into madness that's what this movie is about fair the rise and fall of the mantle twins of Asperger's disorder uh, so IMDB lists the plot as thus okay as thus Twin gynecologists take full advantage of the fact that nobody can tell them apart until their relationship begins to deteriorate over a woman. Yep. There you go. There it is. 
Um, that's the other part of this movie. So this movie is gynecological horror, which is something I did not know existed. Thanks, David. But I will never forget. Yay! I think I felt as close to what a guy watches another guy get for real meat in the balls. Like, I got that feeling. I was like, oh, oh, oh. I felt it in my gut, in my heart, in the back of my throat. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this movie definitely hits a very specific subset of people. I'm not okay. This movie, I had just had to cross my legs back and forth. Oh, Jeremy wow. Irons, though. Jeremy Irons is incredible. Now, in this movie. here's what I will say. Yes, my review of the movie. This was a very good movie because it did what it set out to do. Here, you know, this is the modus operandi. We need to scare the shit out of you in a new way. And it did that. So, kudos. Ah, recross my legs. Ooh. This movie is heavy. This movie is heavy. And it is gross. Yeah, because not only do you have a lot of the, the, the twin swapping, like they will literally sub in for each other for things. Mm-hmm. Like, one will be like, I'm going to go fuck this girl. And then when I'm tired of her, I'll just sub my brother in. Yep. And he can, like... Have his way with it. He's a little, like, more... Socially awkward. He kind of is the one on the way out. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is the one case where it's the opposite, right? Like Where he... Where the socially awkward brother really falls for this girl. Beverly. Right. But, oh, man. I mean, it was heavy. This movie is... Partially based on a true story. Oh, for, oh, for real? <laughs> like, uh, the, gyne- Wait, the, what? the gynecology stuff, I think it was Cronenberg's ad to the movie. Right. But this is based on, we said it was based on the book. It's based on real life twins, Stuart and Cyril Marcus. And they were found dead in their Upper East Side New York apartment from uh, a barbiturate addiction withdrawal. And their stories told in that novel, Twins. You know, it was gonna this movie was gonna be called Twins, right. based on their lives. Um, it was published in 1977, and he had spent ten years trying to make this movie. Like, this was a movie that was near and dear to Cronenberg, uh, and he was really trying to get it made. And it wasn't until the success of The Fly mm-hmm. that he was like, "Hey, this this movie was dense." I can't, I can't not say that enough because there's so many layers to it of what's reality and what's not. Once they get, once they, once they both start taking barbiturates, it, it's real hard to figure out who's who and saying what and no, he's not really mad at, he's not mad at and wait, or does he mean it that way or what, you know, oh wow. And that's a, again, like I said a second ago about Jeremy Irons in this movie being incredible, it's. I don't get the twins mixed up. I did. I did a like, lot. As I watch this, I don't have a hard time distinguishing him. Because the way he carries himself when he's the different twins, the way he combs his hair, the way he acts, mm-hmm. the way he smiles, but what, is just different enough that I... At first, at first I could do it easily. But then as things, as the reality started to blur, I had a really hard time telling them apart. Yeah, and I think at the end... Like, I guess they did like, that on purpose. It's done like that, so you don't know which one is dead and which one's alive till he starts to talk. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, one of the twins dies at the end of this movie. One of them? Well, the other one, 
theoretically dies, but we yeah. don't see their death on. He just kind of lays down and is waiting it out. Okay. So creepy. Oh, so creepy. My takeaway from this movie. Hmm. Do you have any hidden agendas in this movie or no? What do you think? I mean, it was, oh man, it was scary crazy. I mean, there's there's definitely a body horror element, the Cronenberg thing of the dream sequence where um, the lady rips them apart with her teeth. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. So there's definitely that little Cronenberg touch in there. But this movie, like, the last couple Cronenberg films is about trauma, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of, it's two damage, like two incredibly talented, smart people right. who were so socially damaged or crippled one way or another that they together make one full person. Right. And they're terrified of being apart. They're a yin and a yang. Right. Like, and I'm sure, how many times did a character mention that you can live without your brother? A right. Lot. Like. Oh, God, what was the actress's name? Jean-Bierre Bougeot. Jean-Bierre Bougeot. Uh, she keeps telling Beverly, like, hey, um, you're not your brother. Like, you can live without your brother. Yeah. And then uh, Pulaski's character, the one that tries to fuck both of them, mm-hmm. in that really crazy sequence where Ugh. they're, like, dancing and they're going to, like, they're gonna, like, Eiffel Tower her yeah. or Chinese finger cuff her or whatever. Ugh. She keeps telling... Golden, uh, Golden Gate Bridge is what you meant to say. Golden Gate Bridge? Uh, what's, what's a Golden Gate Bridge? You know, two ends. <laughs> oh, Chinese finger cuff. Oh, there, yeah. Yeah. From Chasing Amy. But she's tell, she tells Elliot when he starts to take the pills, because he's like, if we could just get our bodies back in sync, we'll be okay. Right. And she's like, he's fucked. Like, his career's fucked. Every, he's fucked. Yeah. Like, you're not... Like, why are, why are you also doing this? Like, you still have a career after this. And Elliot is like, my brother's, every, my entire career is based off my brother's research. Yeah. What am like, I doing? What am I'm I the mouth him? and he's the brain, essentially. Yeah. It's a lot. This movie does not follow the Harkov formula, though. I don't think. This is a slow psychological, gynecological horror. This is not... An exploitation film. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. Like, there's no action. There's no... This was, I believe, greeted like a... uh, Like a prestige film in Canada. Like, this is... It's an artsy film. This is usually when, like, Canadians or people make lists about what are the greatest Canadian films ever made. This movie normally makes that list. Mm. Or is in the discussion of that list. It's... Well, yeah. I mean, it's a very good... It's... It's very good use of color. It's a very dated 80s movie, but it's fun. But, oh, wow. Blood red scrubs are incredible. Like the OR scrubs he wears. Yeah, and it makes sense that they get red. You don't see the blood then. Yeah. He's he's gowning up to be in a Victorian nightmare. (laughs) And I love it. I'm here for it, David Cronenberg. If you hear this, I love you so much. Yeah, he does. He did a whole month of him. Oh, that's right. This is the end of the month, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we need to rank. So rather than the archive formula today, this is the last week of the month. We could do both. Well, I don't know. This doesn't really follow the archive formula. I mean... There's no action. There's no... Or... Eh. All right, let's rank the movies first. Um, so we've got Shivers. Shivers. The Brood. The Brood. Scanners. Scanners. Videodrome. Then this. Okay. I have put scanners at number one. Okay. 
I would put... I get a feeling our last one's going to match. Our number five spot. Uh, I say number two would be... All right, so number one is Scanners. Number two is probably The Brood. Number three... This one. Dead Ringers. Number four... What's left? Uh, Videodrome. Video, number four, Videodrome. Number five, Shivers. That's mine from greatest to worst. Okay. Although, although Shivers does give me my favorite character of all time. Rolo. <laughs> Josh, what is your number? Josh, no, that's, he's the brood. That's the brood. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I did love him. Josh, what's your, what's your order, Josh? Uh, okay. I would go. And see, the thing, it's hard for me to order these. My number one and my number two are so close that if you ask me this question tomorrow, it might flip. Okay, so what have you got? But right now. Right now. I would go one Dead Ringers. Okay, wow. Two, very close to being that spot would be Videodrome. Mm-hmm. Then The Brood. Sorry, number, yeah. Then Scanners, then Shivers. So our three and five are the same. Yeah, that checks out. I mean, and the thing is, like, I... There's something to be said for all five of them, though. Really like the brood a lot. Just because I didn't like Shivers doesn't mean that it wasn't... Like, I didn't... I can understand why it was a good movie. Like, I can... You know what I mean? It's not for me, but... Well, I mean... I can see why, like, oh, that's groundbreaking. That's revolutionary. That's... Let's be honest. Fucked up. Something has to be last. (laughs) I mean, right? Like, if you're listing things, something has to come last. And I think it's his first professional film. It's a little rough. The acting's a little sketchy sometimes. I mean, is it a bad movie? No, but is it is it the one on the list I would watch again the least? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would uh, you watch this again? Uh, yes. <laughs> how many times? Is this your second time watching it? Was with me? Or have you watched it? Like, how many times? I've seen... Okay. I've seen it twice. So I was the second time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is not something I would watch with my children or any children, or I felt bad watching it with your mother's child. Like, uh, I this would, movie. I would watch this movie with a room full of children. Ew. Like, give me a whole elementary school <laughs> and a large, like, projector, and I'll watch Dead Ringers. No. Behind the school in the playground. Just be, like, on the wall. Lovely. Got anything noteworthy with this one? Other than it's on a bunch of lists for Canada's greatest films. Uh, <laughs> so, Jeremy Irons was not the first pick to play the lead of this movie. Really? Who was? De Niro. Ooh, that, I would have put, that puts a whole different vibe. De Niro doesn't look, doesn't play scholarly. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, I think he can. Okay, he just. But, because I think he can play anything, but that's just me. But here's the thing about De Niro was he was fine with all the weird twin shit mm-hmm. and he was fine with playing like having to play two roles for the movie. Mm-hmm. He was like I'm not comfortable with gynecology. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's they were not... like, okay, well, it's gonna be a lot of like you're gonna have to say <laughs> you're gonna have to say things like at one point drunk Beverly. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Aaron says like I slave over the hot snatches. Yep, like. Apparently that made De Niro a little uncomfortable. It made a little Cindy uncomfortable too. <laughs> so um, he was the first choice and he was like, I don't want to be a gynecologist. Which is a, to me the weird hang up in a movie. Like full of weird shit. That's the thing you're going to focus on. Well, it's... Um, 
William Hurt, I think, was next in line. How do I know William He's Hurt? He's in Altered States. Um, oh, he's in The Big Chill. He's one of those actors that if I showed you a picture, you'd be like, well, yeah, oh, yeah, seen... William Hurt. He was in A History of Violence. He would work with Cronenberg later. Do you remember in A History of Violence? I remember a lot from A History of Violence. Do you remember his brother at the end in Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. That's what Oh, okay. He turned it down because he was like, I can't do Twins. Like, it's going to take so... It takes me so Not much of myself... Not everybody can be Haley Mills. To, like, give so much of myself to do this. I can't. I can't do Twins. He was fine with everything except for playing Twins. That's a lot. Um, also, Jean-Vierre Bougeot was the first pick to play her her character. And she took it? She did. Why um, in such a specific... Was she in hot demand then? Uh, Cronenberg liked her and wanted to work with her, but he had a backup. He had a safety. And I kind of wish... I mean, I think Jean Viev is perfect in this. However, and who do you I, think? But I'm curious whether somewhere there's an alternate universe where that character was played by Margot Kidder. Huh. Margot Kidder, low key awesome in a lot of things. I used to have a mad crush on Margot Kidder when I was a child. <laughs> really? Uh, oh my god, Lois Lane. Yeah. And then I remember seeing her in other movies huh. when I was a teenager and I was like, holy shit, Lois Lane's naked. She looks incredible. <laughs> <laughs> like confirmed confirmed my suspicions that Margot Kidder is gorgeous <laughs> okay it's never knew that and also very Canadian oh that's why oh that's why they say angrily in some way uh, this was originally called Twins but before that it was called Gemini and then it was Switch to twins because someone was like that movie title is fucking stupid. Well, no, I get, I get it. Yeah, but Johnny on the street wouldn't get it. Um, it's so not th- a movie for Johnny on the street. <laughs> movies for everyone. It's a movie for somebody who gets the Gemini reference. It's a movie for the common man. Okay. What else you got for me? Shots of both of the twins on screen was done with one of the first uses of computer controlled map photography. And they invented a lot of technology to be able to, like, shoot, like, a walking shot mm-hmm. and then recreate the exact, like, within, like, millimeters. Recreate the exact same frame. And this movie's the one who did that. They created a lot of technology for this movie to do well, that. that's interesting. Um, yeah. And uh, a big thing was Jeremy Irons originally wanted to have two separate dressing rooms. So what? he could prepare... Is he method? So he's like, I'll be Beverly, and then I'll go to the other dressing room and change, and I'm the, um, I'm Elliot. Elliot. But Speaking of which, who names their kids Beverly and Elliot when they're twin boys? Those are David Cronenberg's children's names. Are they both boys? <laughs> it sounds Brandon. Oh. Um, I don't know. Just random choices. I think it... Okay, I think the names. Well, before let me before let me we get to that. Let me just finish this by saying. Okay. He ended up realizing, hey, I'm being counterproductive. Of what their actual lives are, so he combined both of the wardrobes and dressing rooms into one, and then tried to keep it separate, even though it kept weaving together. Because he was like, that's how their lives would be. Yeah. Uh, and he also changed how he would put. He changed his weight. When he would be like one twin, he would carry all the weight on the on his ankles, mm-hmm. and then when he switched, he would carry all the weight on the front of his feet, and he would like stand differently. He made a lot of conscious decisions. That's why Jeremy Irons fucking slays this movie. It's a he. It's a good movie. It's just 
disturbing. It's super disturbing. However, at any point in this movie, Cindy, yes. did you did you question anything and be like, I don't think there's actually like twins. Like I kept yes. thinking there was like two fucking Jeremy Irons in this movie. Uh oh. I thought at one point never mind, I thought you were asking a different question. Um I thought you were asking the question of like, did I think there was one twin? Because for a minute, that's what I thought was going on. But never mind. It was a, it's a good movie. It's just not for me. No, I mean, I'm not trying to sell you on it, even though I thought for sure this would be the one you'd like. I did like it. Um, it's just a lot. I'm just saying, like, the technology and the way he played the twins. Like, at any point, did you not buy it? Oh, no, for sure. Or were you like, you know... No, like he does an ex- He did an excellent job, and the technology totally backs him in that. Sure. And now with the thing with the names with Elliot and Beverly, mm-hmm. I think that was a weird kind of meaning for their like personalities because they're so similar, okay, right? in appearance and everything. And the word that their they, names would be so drastically different. Different is this. Elliot is much more like talkative. And friendly. Mm-hmm. And Very fashionable. It's like, Very oh, like, I'm going out to dinner. I got this dope-ass suit on. Let me go out. Oh, hey, you know what? I'm going to fuck this girl. Yeah. Hey, blah, blah, blah. Talk this girl up. Um, he even, like, cancels his dinner plans because he wants to go put his finger in a celebrity's vagina. Yep. Uh, that's Elliot in a nutshell. Yep. Beverly, which is traditionally a woman's name, is the twin that's like okay cares about people's feelings more. Very empathetic, very quiet, very dignified. Traditional traits of a woman, yeah. Yeah. Not this woman. Ha ha. <laughs> Take that society. Gender roles. <laughs> Huzzah. Pepperoni rolls, not gender rolls. That's right. Here in the mountain state. But, I mean, is that a thing that, do you think that's a thing that maybe they were trying to do? Maybe. When you said, yeah. Like, when you said that, kind of a light bulb went off. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting choices. What, uh, so next week is a new month. What are we doing for April? Okay, I had planned Mm -hmm. to do a bunch of ghost movies. But, like, ghosts that aren't, like, the villains of the movie. Like, it was like, hey, these are... Like just easing you, dipping your toe in ghost like movies. Like Mama, because I know that you it was like a monster models. movie, but no, I wouldn't even say because really like Mama. Mama is the antagonist of that movie. She might have good uh, rationale for why she is why she is, but but she's still the the, the antagonist. Like, mm-hmm. I was thinking more like um, like Pan or not Pan's Labyrinth, uh, The Devil's Backbone, where there's just things going on and there just happens to be a ghost. And the ghost is not scary. We've not seen that. But, but we're, we're not, not doing, doing that. that. Why not? Because a pandemic is happening. In case people haven't noticed. We are, so we are recording this very far in advance. Uh, and we are literally recording in at the hours before being told that we are more than likely going on a five-day lockdown of like a military state. Yeah. That being said, I thought, you know what would be fun and also maybe a terrible idea? Let's watch movies about, like, pandemics or diseases <laughs> spreading or... Josh, this is the worst idea you've ever had. Are you serious? Or, you know, it could be a thing where we're like, you could watch them and go, oh my god. Oh my god, it could be so much worse. Um, and that being said, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, trust me. One of them will be awful and fuck you up and the rest of them are going to be not that bad. 
more fun. I, I'm throwing a comedy in there, like a horror comedy. So okay. Um, but we're gonna start out with a uh, hot and heavy with a movie that is now a horror film, uh, Contagion, from I think Contagion, 2013. No, the more modern they are, the worse they are. Okay. Uh, there's no jump scares. There's nothing. It's just it's how just, it's a just life right spreads. now. Okay, we're going, and I'm gonna go wash my hands, and you should be watching yours too. Mind the doors. Don't touch your face, motherfuckers. <laughs> I love you. <laughs>